and thank you for joining me today with Coffee with Pastor Kathy. Today, I'm drinking from this beautiful cup that we had made in 2017 to celebrate our 180th church anniversary. So it's one of my most favorite cups, and especially today, because on that Sunday, our presiding bishop, Bishop Thomas J. Bickerton, preached for us. And by the way, it's also the Sunday that Isaiah joined our church. So Bishop, thank you for worshiping with us, or actually for recording this with us today. I don't even know what day of the week it is. I know, we've lost all track of times. Good to be with you, Kathy. Thank you so much. For those of you who don't know, Bishop Bickerton has been the presiding bishop of our conference since 2016. He serves on several boards globally, on the General Board of Global Ministries, on the Central Conference Affairs Board, and also the Commission on General Conference. We are both Duke Divinity alums, and we both graduated from United Theological Seminary, so I take great pride in that. Bishop Bickerton is married to Sally Bickerton. He is the father of four and the grandfather to Holden. So, Bishop, thank you for being with us again today. And would you tell me? I have one more addition that was just announced yesterday that uh, our son and daughter-in-law, Claire and TJ, are expecting their first. Uh, They live in the city. And so uh, they just announced uh, yesterday that they're expecting. So uh, number two is on the way. That's great. That's great. Congratulations. Congratulations. Would you tell us about your cup or what you're drinking today? Sure. I'm, I'm drinking out of the uh, New York Annual Conference logo cup that's uh, available when you come to the conference center. And for a long time, I've just been a straight black coffee person. Um, I went on a diet several years ago, and one of the things was to not add any calories to your drinks. And so I just drink straight black coffee. I got into that habit and never got out. So uh, that's what's in my cup today is uh, good black Starbucks coffee. That's great. Thank you. Bishop, I want to begin by asking you how you're doing in the midst of all of this that's going on with COVID-19, how your family is. Um, Can you just tell us how things are going with your family? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, We are at this point uh, very well. Um, All four kids and their families are healthy. Uh, They're exercising uh, great quarantine. Sally and I are doing the same. Uh, We're actually getting along, spending all this time in the same house together. Uh, We're working uh, in spare time. I haven't had much spare time. I've never worked so hard in all my life. These, uh, I had seven Zoom calls the other day. Uh, so it's it's business as usual here, but when we do have a little bit of spare time, Sally uh, has been working jigsaw puzzles, and I've been helping her, and we play gin rummy, and uh, and she's quite a cook, so <clears throat> we've been uh, she's been experimenting with new recipes. So we're fine. Uh, we go for a walk every day, maintain social distancing. Um, I have a rowing machine in the basement, so I've been rowing and riding the stationary bike, and trying to stay active. I get up early, get a shower, get dressed, and come into my office and, and uh, have had full days. Uh, but we're doing fine. Um, just an overarching concern for everybody, and uh, especially our, our pastors and our churches, making sure that, uh, that they're uh, getting equipped for what they need. But 
also exercising great caution as well, which is very difficult. So um, other than the, uh, the overarching concern uh, around the virus, we're doing just fine. Well, it really means a lot to me and to Park Avenue that you've taken time to speak to us today because I, I know you must have many, many things that you're doing and many agendas that you're having to attend to. I'm just, just thrilled to be a part of, uh, of the day. So you, you, got me, you got me for as long as it takes. Well, bless your heart. I know one of the things you've been pretty emphatic about with the clergy um, is that we need to social distance ourselves, that one of the Christian responses that we can have to this COVID-19 is simply to stay home. Would you like to say more about that? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I think it's, uh, you know, I understand the concerns. Let's just start there. I mean, number one, every natural pastoral instinct has been taken away from our clergy. You can't do a funeral. You can't have in-person worship. You can't make a hospital call. Those things are heartbreaking, and, and, but they're also tempting. Um, secondly, I, you know, I, get, I fully understand because it directly impacts our conference. Um, you know, when you're not together, that does impact um, financial sustainability. And, and so I know that that's a, a tempting thing. Um, but I want our pastors to be more concerned about the health and well-being of our people. Um, you know, as we journey on into this thing, anxieties are rising, mental health issues are rising, the, the temptation and the need to be in person with people, to see one another, to touch one another. All those temptations are very real. Uh, and yet in the midst of it all, um, I've been urging uh, and saying to all of our pastors, lead the way, set the pace. Um, and, and ultimately, for me, uh, uh, it's a theological issue. We, we take the, the directives of Jesus uh, seriously. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and our, the best way that we can love our neighbors these days is to take care of one another. And the best way we can take care of one another based on the science and the recommendations that we're getting from, uh, from the people that we trust is stay at home. Uh, it's difficult. You want to get out. You want to have interaction but stay at home. And it's ultimately a strong pastoral stance to say as a leader, uh, I'm not going to tempt you with this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide opportunities for us to be uh, together electronically. Um, but, but otherwise, we're going to stay home until we get the all clear uh, to get back out. And, you know, I think it, it'll, it'll happen. We, we are, the, the, the green light is going to happen. We are going to be back together. Uh, we will see each other again, and what a glorious time that's going to be when we are able to see each other's faces again, and and we look forward to that. Absolutely, I know for us it's going to be Easter, whenever it is. That's going to be Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday will happen whenever Easter Sunday happens. I I, I found it interesting that folks have been a little critical of the Pope. They said the Pope said Easter is canceled. Well, what he meant was Easter services are canceled. Easter is never can canceled because we're an Easter people every Sunday. Right. Uh, it's just going to be a glorious Easter Sunday uh, when we are, we're finally back together again. 
And I know that you're preaching on Sunday. I believe there's a service that will be live at 9 o'clock from the conference center. It's going to be on several platforms. Uh, it will be taped so that you, uh, churches can access that, incorporate it into their services, or if you'd like to watch it at a delayed time. But we are going to do a, a Facebook Live party uh, on Sunday morning uh, at 9 o'clock so folks can tune in live to see the service if they would like. Uh, we're also uh, just announcing today that I will be doing a live uh, Maundy Thursday communion service. Uh, for anyone that wants to join from the house. Sally's baking bread, and we're going to set the table and do communion uh, with one another on Thursday. That's really wonderful. It seems more important than ever that we do celebrate Easter amid all of this anxiety and uncertainty and fear and grief. How can we have a happy Easter? Well, I think uh, this is where our faith really comes into play, Kathy. I mean, we can have a happy Easter in knowing that God's promises are real. Uh, we, we have the assurance that uh, of Jesus saying, Lo, I'm with you until the end of the age. Fear not, I am with you. Um, uh, the assurances of God's presence that we feel inside that, that brings about those holy mysteries of a peace that passes our understanding, a joy unspeakable. Uh, the, the never-failing promises of God that we've leaned on all these years. This is the time when you draw on that well of faith. Um, I've, I've told over the years the fond story of my grandfather uh, uh, who, who got le leukemia, and uh, it was a pretty severe case. And I got called home. I was about five hours away at that point. I got called home, and I, I went to the hospital. I went up to the floor. And I was walking down the hall, and I could see my grandfather's room, and a nurse came out. And I could see that she was visibly shaken. And I approached her. I knew her, and I said, is everything okay? And she said, you know, I feel so bad because he gives me more than I can give him in reference to my grandfather. And so I walked into the room, and I, I said to him, uh, Pap, how are you able to be so faithful in the midst of this life-killing disease that you've got. And my grandfather said, it's an easy answer. He said, I've been storing up, like, like in a granary, I've been storing up my faith all these years, and I'm just feeding off of the reserve. Wow. Well, I've leaned on that story quite a bit the last few weeks because, you know, what we're going through, none of us, we don't have a roadmap, Kathy. None of us know what the end result of this is going to be. Life for us is not going to be the same. And we're going to have to make adjustments and we're having to make adjustments on the fly. And what does that mean in terms of Easter? Um, it means that we draw on that storehouse of faith. Uh, it means that we know that God's with us. Uh, secondly, you've already referenced it. Every Sunday is Easter Sunday. Um, and so we, we, we just celebrate the fact that, uh, that we are an Easter people. Thank goodness we're not a Monday Thursday people. We're an Easter people. Amen. And, and then I, you know, then I would just say that uh, one of the statements that I've made in recent days is that when you combine the reality that we are on the one hand, um, an Easter people of resurrection and life, we're not a Monday Thursday people. We're a resurrection people. When you combine that, 
with our Wesleyan understanding of social holiness, which means Mr. Wesley always said there's no personal holiness without social holiness. We've always been out there in terms of our outreach and our support of humanity. When you combine those two things together, it is the absolute reason why we're telling people to stay home because we value life because we, we know that life is a gift. We know that we should be good stewards of the life that God's given to us. Why would we throw caution to the wind? Let's protect and preserve this life that God's given us to the fullest extent. It's a part of our Easter response. Yeah. And so I just joyfully say to people, take care of yourselves, stay at home, pray, give God thanks that you've got life. Um, and that's, that's the most faithful response that any of us can give uh, during this Easter season. Wow. Bishop, your words mean so much to us, and they're really speaking to me personally this morning. Um, one of the questions I, I try to end this with is, um, would you share your hopes for the future and for the world? I know that we're all hoping that this will go away and we can get on with life, but is there any other hope that's in your heart about the future for all of us? Oh gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I have, I have hope for the church. Yeah. We are, we are not going to be the same no. as we were before. And, and you know, this new norm that we're living in has revealed some very wonderful things that I hope do not go away. Once the crisis ends, some of these practices that we've employed, should be a part of our regular rhythm. I mean, we have a, a little church in the Catskill Hudson Mountains that averages about 10 people on Sunday morning, and they've had over 200 hits during their live stream worship service. It's, we're discovering a new evangelism. So I, you know, I have hope for the church that we're going we're gonna to finally get into the 21st century and live into the joyful possibilities of what that means. Um, I, have, I have hope for the church beyond our local churches. You know, the, the conversation that we were having just a few weeks ago yep. was about the future of the denomination. Mm -hmm. But now we're talking about unity in ways that we haven't for a long time. We've got to band together. This crisis does not have a theological boundary. It crosses all those boundaries. And perhaps we can find ways to love and respect one another in the midst of this season that we currently had, had, had fallen out of love with one another on. I, I have hope for our world. Um, you know, I've, I've leaned a great deal on, on our governor. I, I just think our governor has done tremendous work. And, you know, uh, in his press conference yesterday, he, for the second day in a row, he, he was saying things like, you know, we're strong here in New York and, and we're resilient here. We've been through a lot, but when this crisis ends, it's going to pop up in other parts of the country. And so what we've learned, we will share. And, and when we get through this crisis, we will offer ourselves to others. And that's a, that's a word of hopefulness. I mean, it doesn't matter where we are in this country. It doesn't matter where we are in this globe. This, when a crisis arises, people elevate their game and we become much more humanitarian and much more responsive. I have great hope. Um, and my prayer is that that sensitivity 
will, will not wane anytime soon. When things get back to normal, people tend to uh, let these things slide. My hope is that we won't let this slide because we've discovered how very vulnerable we are and how much we need each other, not only in New York City, but in New York State, in the United States of America, and on this globe. We need each other. Let's, let's lean on that and find our hope uh, in one another in the midst of these days. That's my hope as well. And one thing I know from personal experience is that when you suffer together, when you cry together, when you laugh together, when you go through something together, you can never undo that. That's exactly, it, that is exactly right. Can I share with you a little reading before we go? Absolutely. Yes, please do. I've been, I've been reading, and in fact, I was on a call with you last week where I read a reading from this book called the, To Bless the Space Between Us. Mm-hmm. These are, are poems and prayers by John O'Donohue. So I would, I would offer to the folks at Park Avenue uh, this reading. It's entitled, For the Interim Time. When near the end of day, life has drained out of light and it is too soon for the mind of night to have darkened things. No place looks like itself. Loss of outline makes everything look strangely in between, unsure of what has been or what might come. In this wane light, even trees seem groundless. In a while, it will be night, but nothing here seems to believe the relief of dark. You are in this time of the interim, where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has washed out. The way forward is still still concealed to you. The old is not old enough to have died away. The new is still too young to be born. You cannot lay claim to anything in this place of dusk. Your eyes are blurred, and there is no mirror. Everyone else has lost sight of your heart, and you can see nowhere to put your trust. You know you have to make your way through. As far as you can, hold your confidence. Do not allow your confusion to squander this call, which is loosening your roots in false ground, that you might come free from all you have outgrown. What is being transfigured here is your mind, and it is difficult and slow to become new. The more faithfully you can endure here and now, the more refined your heart will become for your arrival in the new dawn. The dawn is coming. We just have to endure with confidence that as the sun sinks in the in the evening, it will rise in the morning, and so will a new day for us. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Bless you, Bishop. We're praying for you and all of us, and you can count on Park Avenue. I know I can, and I'm praying for you all as well. Keep the faith. You are are loved with a love that will not let you go, Kathy Gilliard, and so are you, all the people of Park Avenue. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee with Kathy. This podcast is brought to you by Park Avenue United Methodist Church. Follow us on social media at PAUMCNYC. 
You can also support our ministries by donating at paumcnyc.org slash give. We hope you've enjoyed this coffee with Kathy. Until next time.